0: Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So, I don't have a whole lot to talk about this week um, just because it was sort of a kind of a weird week. Um, but I wanted to first of all share with you some information about something that my friend Agatha is doing. Um, she is the one that introduced me to um, or kind of coordinated with me um, to introduced me to Dickie Longo, who was my guest last week on the master series, who is just, if you haven't listened to that one, you need to listen to it because he's just awesome. Um, but anyway, Agatha is going to tackle a 600 K run, which is essentially, I have to look at my math again, 372 miles. Okay. Um, and this is in, uh, February of next year. And, um, She's looking for people to volunteer and or contribute monetarily. Um, and so I will give you guys that information uh, in a link on the show notes. but suffice it to say this is something that's going to be uh, raising money um, through the River City Community Church okay? Um, and it's going to provide laptops and remote ESL training and assist with building improvements and run Bible school for the local kids. Okay. Uh, and this is in Costa Rica. So anyway, I'll let you guys kind of read through that, but I really recommend that you have a look at the website. And, uh, again, I will throw that in the show notes. Um, Agatha is just an incredibly lovely person and I'm completely sincere when I say I know she's going to finish this. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I just want you guys to take a look at that. And I think that would be a cool thing. Um, also, uh, I did hear back from, um, Sue Oaks, the, uh, Australian writer who is, um, writing the book about Dickie Longo. And she enjoyed last week's podcast very much and um, apparently shared it on her Facebook page. So, hey, maybe I'll pick up a few listeners, you know. Also, while we're speaking about listeners, I was looking through my, um, like, Apple podcast reviews, I guess, um, this morning. (laughs) I've got a whopping, you know, 16, uh, which is all right. I mean, I know this is a very DIY small podcast and... um, (laughs) <laughs> the majority of people really love this podcast Of out of that 16. Um, however, there were maybe one or two that gave it a four star and then somebody else gave it a three. I was like, Oh my God. And so then I, I, I was kind of, like, <laughs> it's kind of like when I get my student evaluations back at the end of every semester and I'm just like, Oh God, why didn't they, why didn't they like me or what did, what did I do wrong? And <laughs> And sometimes it has nothing to do with me necessarily. It might have something more to do with them, as um, students, you know, or you know their experience. Um, I mean, I do take complete credit for, you know, the semester being not as big of a shipwreck as spring, but it's still, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a challenge. And um, anyway. <laughs> So what I'm imploring you uh, is to please leave me a review, give me some stars. I don't care. I mean, of course I care. I would love for you to give me five, but I get that this is not for everyone. So again, you know, this podcast is just for the average runner and, you know, this is kind of chronicling my own adventure in running. And, um, you know, some of you may not (laughs) really be able to relate to this at all, um, or may not be over 50 and therefore it may just seem kind of irrelevant to you. And I get that it's okay. Uh, Or you just may not be a runner, but I, I try to make this in such a way that it's, it's not necessarily all about running. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like life lessons learned because of running and, um, anyway, so there's that. Um, Yeah. So last week, um, we got some kind of cold weather. Um, my running was sort of okay. I did, I did more indoor cycling, um, toward my fitness rather than fool around with running outside when it was cold and raining. And I know I'm such a baby, but anyway, and speaking of, I was supposed to, um, Volunteer and or run and and run, uh, Tinajas this weekend or this past weekend up at Colorado Bend State Park. Um, unfortunately, Thursday I discovered that the magazine that I advise at my university, I am the faculty advisor of El Espejo, the national award winning magazine at Texas A&M San Antonio. <laughs> anyway, we're we're wrapping up our first well, here we go. Okay, it used to be an annual issue and now it is a semester issue. So it means we're cranking something out each semester. And of course, here I am trying to grade and, you know, hire people for next semester and back read this thing. And it was just like, Oh my God, this is too much. I can't do all do all this. And so I contacted Brad and apologized emphatically to him about my inability to help out. He, of course, in his typical Brad way, he's like super cool. And like, this is all right. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, just let us know if you need anything. And he's such a lovely person and he's been a really good friend. And, um, and I know sometimes people (laughs) worry about me more than they probably should. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I do hear from people, they're like, Oh man, this must really suck living by yourself. And I'm just like, it does. But at the same time, I'm also sort of like used to it, uh, in some ways. Um, I just try to not focus on the negative. The only thing that really gets, gets me kind of riled up are the people that decide they're too cool to wear masks or, you know, uh avoid going to family gatherings over the holidays and it's like look folks you know I don't have anybody in my household except me and my two cats <laughs> I know I'm the weird cat lady yeah however I'm trying to be okay about that I'm trying to be grateful because you know so far so good knockwood I haven't gotten sick okay and I don't want to get sick obviously I don't wish this illness on anyone, of course. Um, but I am taking the necessary precautions to not go home to Ohio this, this season and see my family. And I mean, it's been a year and this is weird because I mean, normally I see my sister at least, I mean, it's, you know, for the past couple of years, it's been like, you know, twice a year. Um, and so this is really, really hard. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot, you know, we we chat on the phone quite a bit and, um, you know, whatnot and catch up via text, et cetera. You know, so, I mean, I'm trying to do what I can, but, you know, it's, it's a challenge. But, you know, here's the thing. I am willing to take that um, sacrifice, if you will, of not going home, of not seeing my family over the holidays and just sucking it up. And I guess part of my anger or frustration, I think it's more, well, it's kind of a combination of anger and frustration is with people who think that they're just like, they're just going to avoid it somehow. And they're better than that. You know, that it's not going to bother them. Oh no, we don't care. We're just like, whatever, you know, I'm going to go fly to X, Y, Z place and, you know, mask up and, you know, look like some freak from outer space or whatever. And then, you know, hang out with my relatives for, you know, a few days without masks or anything. And then just sort of think that you're somehow exempt from this. And it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to take that risk. And the problem is, is because you take that risk, (laughs) you're affecting me because you just keep exponentially adding to the problem. Okay. And and that's really where I'm, you know, again, I don't want to be a jerk about all this. I mean, there's some other words I'd like to use, but, you know, I, I just, I look at it and I'm just kind of like, wow, okay. I don't know. I don't understand this. It's like this country in World War Two. World War try to say that three times real fast, you know, in World War Two, people were like, you know donating their you know cookware and children were donating comic books and you know toys and whatever to support the cause and i feel like we've just really fallen off the wagon here and i don't know what's going on i don't know what's happening i don't understand it um i know that we are a very politically divided country right now there are a number of people who are not accepting that Joe Biden won the election fair and square. Um, you know, I can almost see it if he won the electoral vote, but didn't win the popular vote. Okay. Then I could see where people would be like, well, wait a minute, hang on. It's was like, here's a guy who won the popular vote and the electoral vote. And, you know, <laughs> and all the attempts to recount are just like rejected. They're just like, no, he won. Um, so it's kind of like we're in like woo-woo land. Um, anyway, I uh, I guess where I'm going with this is that it's hard. It's hard to try to convey a message of unity because we are trying, um, because we've got one faction that's just sort of like, you know, screw you. We don't care. Here's something funny. I, I shouldn't even share this with you, but I will. The other night, I forget what I I have these like middle of the night things where I wake up (laughs) and for whatever reason I started reading up about the Jonestown massacre in 1978 uh, led by um, Jim Jones. So for those of you that don't know the backstory on this um, and again, I was like in high school at the time. So you know, it's kind of like barely paying attention to it, but it was just sort of like one of these things where I was like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, what's happening? You know? Um, but there's this, oh my god, and here it is. It's like 3:30 on you know, Saturday morning, and I'm sitting here listening to this <laughs> cassette tape, literally, of Jones's final instructions to the 900 or so people that were gathered. Um, where am I going with this? Well, it was just sort of like this ultimate cult thing. And sometimes that's what I feel like is going on with some of these people that support Trump. And again, this is not, it is political, but it's not, it's, it's more like a cult of personality sort of thing. And it was terrifying to listen to. I mean, especially at three 30 in the morning, cause you're hearing people, you know, screaming and crying and babies crying and, you know, parents were killing their children first because they gave them this flavor aid, which is sort of a cheap knockoff of Kool-Aid because they were all in Guyana, which is like in northern uh, South America. And um, yes, yeah, so these people, there's like 900 of them that he managed to lure down to this um, place in the jungle where he promised them no snakes or no um you know, insects, um, and there'd be plenty of food, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I forget how many acres it was, but he had this compound. And the truth of the matter was is that there was none of that. There was there was no no I mean, there were plenty of snakes, there were plenty of insects, and there was not enough food and people were starving. And they were supposed to be told to, you know, by anybody that might. Infiltrate, you know, from outside. Oh no, we're eating lamb and beef and chicken, which was a lie. You know, so these people were working on these, you know, what do you call them? Like plantations, I guess, for eighteen hours a day. And then this um, congressman, I believe that's a congressman, he came down from California because he started catching wind of what was going on down there to investigate. And so he brought this delegation with him oh God, I'm getting myself into trouble here. I know it, but I just, have to, I just have to share this because this is so important and I just feel like people need to understand, okay? And if you don't want to listen to this anymore, fine. Just shut it off and have a great life. I, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, so this congressperson from California came down and realized what was going on and actually somebody, I think, in the congregation slipped him a note and said, yo, we're not living well. We are, you know, screwed, basically. And so he and his delegation, they were getting ready to fly out back to the United States. And inst- what happened was that, I guess Jones had caught, <laughs> Jones was this weird dude from Indiana. It was kind of interesting. He was like all about um, like socialism and, you know, you know, uh civil liberties and um uh equal rights for all races et cetera. i mean i think he had actually adopted children of different races um you know and anyway blah 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 but that's how he started out and that's people were like ooh this guy is cool he makes sense and then the problem is is that he caught on to this because it was a cult he caught on know, he was working them 18 hours a day so they didn't have time to like pause and think about what they were doing. You know, instead, you know, they were just exhausted most of the time. And so anyway, he caught wind of these people, you know, as you know, leaving and going back to the U.S. and he sent his henchmen out and shot them all to death on the runway before they were able to take off. And at that same time, he was like, okay, We've been pretty much saying we've been found out, and so I want all of you to. The, apparently, they had done some like what they call dress rehearsals of mass suicide um, in case they needed to do that. You know, just to get to the other side. That was like their sort of, you know, reward, if you will. And so. What he did is he laced this flavor aid slash Kool-Aid with cyanide and encouraged people, you know, there's 900 of them congregated around. I think there's probably a couple of people who escaped for various reasons. Um, But within a matter of minutes, they died and he shot himself and killed himself. And the following morning, I guess the soldiers I guess they, I guess, I I can't really remember how they happened upon them, but I guess they had heard that there was some sort of weirdness going on at this compound and it was very foggy and it was dark and they started, you know, investigating this and they started tripping over bodies and they were freaking out and they were like, oh my God, this is horrifying, you know? And so the, the bodies were just like, There's like piles of bodies. I actually was looking at some of the photos and it's just, it's just horrific. I mean, again, I was like in high school, so I wasn't paying attention to this stuff. But what I'm getting at is this guy, he went around saying, you can't trust the media. Sounds familiar. You know, listen to me because I know what's best or I know what's right. And essentially convinced them or persuaded them to ignore what they were seeing or feeling with their own emotions and and eyes and whatnot. And so again, I know this is going to come off as horribly political and so be it. I'm sorry. I just, but I'll tell you what, it really terrified me reading or reading that and listening to the tape. I was just like, it's hard to go back to sleep. And I was like, why am I doing this at this hour? However, it was important. I felt like it was very important because I feel like that's what's happened. I feel like we've lost a lot of people in this country to a belief system that they they want to choose and they want to follow what this person tells them because they believe this person because he's charismatic and they you know think that he knows better. And I don't know, I can't understand it. I mean, personally, I just don't get it. I mean, cause I have a lot of, well, not a lot, but I have a number of friends who are college educated, not stupid. I mean, uh, I'm going to probably get myself in trouble, but anyway, I do know a number of people who have, um, you know, they're not dumb people, but yet they choose to believe what this guy says. And it scares me. It really does. I mean, what does this have to do with with running? I have no idea. Other than it just infiltrates my brain. I'm tired of it taking up real estate in my mind. Okay. Um, and that's my fault. Um, nonetheless, um, just try to be careful, folks. You know, just try to you know, I think one of the the big problems, you know, and I can understand some criticism of the media because I feel like sometimes the media, um, you know, they kind of juice the story a little bit, or if it's got pictures, that makes it more interesting because again, coming from a journalism background, I can tell you that, you know, as far as broadcast goes, especially it's, um, you know, if there's photos to go with it or, you know, video footage. Oh, people love that. And they're going to pay more attention to a story like that rather than something that's long and ponderous and investigative, investigative blah. Anyway, oy, oy, I'm just blathering. Um, again, I hope you're, <laughs> I just, I just needed to share that with you because it does concern me. And, um, this isn't to say that the incoming administration is going to be some sort of, you know, angelic, you know, oh, you know, coming down from heaven or whatever. But I feel like it's probably going to be at least maybe a little bit more normal or something that we're accustomed to and maybe competent. Um, we will see. We will see. And I'll be happy to criticize them, you know, as much as I have this current administration, um, you know, if they do you know, screw up or whatever. So anyway, for what it's worth, I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, yeah, Donna, shut up. Um, however, yesterday, woo, let's talk about running. Yeah. Woo. woo, woo. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's birds outside my house. Um, yeah. So yesterday I decided first off, I was like, yeah, let's do 15. <laughs> and then I was just like, Hmm. Okay. And I was gonna go join somebody on saturday um to do like 15 on hippie hill this thing that it's like a half mile up half mile down or however you want to do it um you get quite a bit of elevation gain and it's kind of about 30 minutes away from my house and i was just like but saturday was very rainy and cold and i'm a big baby and so i was like mm, can't do it not gonna do it so i was like fine so i woke up sunday and i was like okay Let's go to Pearsall Park, which will be the photo in the show notes. And Pearsall, I love this place. I know some people don't. I mean, it's it's a freaking landfill, okay, <laughs> or former landfill. But man, it's got some nice elevation and it's wide open. The trails are not technical particularly. They're just kind of, you know, a little bit of rocks and mainly Jeep road kind of stuff and some pavement. And uh, I thought, I'll try to get 15 in out there. Well, that kind of went out the door because I was just like, oh, this is going to take forever and it's boring. And uh, even though I had like a handful of podcasts queued up and then I kind of lowered it to 13 and then I was just like, no, I got other things to do today. And so then it (laughs) it finally got lowered to 10, which was a struggle in itself because it took me about two and a half hours to get 10 miles out there. But I did almost get a thousand feet of elevation gain. And I think the elevation starts at like around 750 or something. So, I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty nice, you know, uh, bit of elevation gain. And I was trying to practice my downhill running a little bit for the uh, race at Bandera, which is coming up uh, in about a month or so. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it took me a little while and, um, but it was kind of fun cause there were families out there with their kids. I saw some poor guy who was, <laughs> he had his dog's leash or, like wrapped around his waist. And then he was like pushing a, a baby carriage up this monster truck Hill. And his wife was just sort of walking alongside him like, she's got the easy job, you know, but you know, he was, he seemed to be pretty happy and with it and whatnot. So I was like, all right, you go guy. Um, But yeah, that's, and that's only about 10 or 15 minutes from my house. And so I decided that was probably my better bet um, in terms of um, trying to run and, you know, get something in and not feel horrible. So yeah, so I felt pretty proud. Oh yeah. And then (laughs) I also became the local legend out there because I guess I've run this so many times (laughs) that I managed to earn that title um, via Strava. Um, so yeah, there's that. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else is happening. Um, okay. So this weekend, God willing, I am going to drive over to outside of Austin and do uh, or volunteer at uh, the Mosaic race, which seems a little more tame than the Colorado Bend or the um, tinajas Uh, so I'm going to volunteer there all day Friday and then Saturday I'm planning to run the half marathon and, um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, sort of on track for this 50 K thing, uh, in February. Um, I did sign up for the, uh, San Antonio off-road runners training program for 50 K. Uh, that one kind of sets us up for the race, um, Called Prickly Pear, which is uh, in mid March. And um, of course, if the Rio Grande Valley or Soul Racing, if those guys are doing um, Mesquite Fire on that same day, I am heading down to the valley because I'd much rather run a 50K on that flat stuff than on whatever at McAllister. But, you know, hey. I don't know. They haven't been able to really do many races down there um, because of COVID. And, you know, thank God we're able to do stuff up here. So, um, anyway, but that's that's kind of what's on the the plate right now. Um, not especially exciting. But, anyhow, oh, my goodness, I blathered a lot. And, again, I really pray I did not offend you. I was just trying to be really straight with you about some things. Um And, uh, yeah. So that is what I've got for now. I will see you next time.